Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists, and we've got a really rising one today, um, Tori Martin. She's really awesome. We've listened to her stuff. Really love the song that we're going to talk about later, which we'll discuss that later. But, Tori, are you here? Yes. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, I just got back from traveling, so I'm just trying to catch up Monday. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> just trying to get everything organized here and keep things going. And, you know, it's one of the Mondays, but you know what? The show must go on, as they say. True, true. <laughs> so before we really get in, dig deep into your story, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, hobbies you like to do outside of music. I always like to hit a lot of stuff that people normally would not hear first. Hmm. Well, I I grew up a military brat, so I've lived all over. I was originally oh, wow. born in Florida, but uh, the longest that I lived somewhere was in Texas, so it kind of feels like home for me. Um, and I spent most of my, like, I don't know, seventh grade and up in Azle, Texas, which is like a small mm-hmm. town outside of Fort Worth. So very country. Um, so my roots definitely stem from that. I've got family in Arkansas and Louisiana and all that fun stuff. So I'm like Southern and Cajun and country, all of that combined. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's crazy. I have a huge family, I'm very family oriented person. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, I like to, you know, I do a lot of volunteering and things with my church. And so I really like to be oh, wow. involved with that and and to give back and I actually just got back from missions trip in Honduras. So I'm oh, all about, that? you know, it was amazing. It was so amazing. Um, life changing, but I'm all about giving back and just, you know, mm-hmm. being, being good, being a good light in the world and helping mm-hmm. where I can. And I also have like two golden retrievers, so they keep us <laughs> insanely busy and they love to play. So <laughs> I guess my hobbies would be with them. Um, I'm playing with my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know that. For like, we, we got a cat, and of course it's oh. a little bitty thing. But still, we've had it 15 years, and she's been wow. a hobby until the last eight years. Because now we've we've got a eight year old boy and a one year old daughter. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so life gets fun. <laughs> oh man! Wow, 15 year old cat. Yeah, she. She's been an indoor cat the whole she she's never you know, in fact what's funny is when Sandy and I first moved where we live now, um she crawled and I was never a cat person, to be honest with you. I was just one of these people that I didn't mind petting cats, but I didn't I was a I was a dog lover. Not a cat didn't really care for cats. They scratch you and scratch everything around. <laughs> so and this little bitty kitten pops up on our porch one day and ha- half eyes matted and all that. You could tell it was like weeks old or something and we let it in and then we let it out and then we let it in we let it out and then one day sandy was like well if it would use the bathroom and or i remember could we keep she was like can we keep it keeps coming here so it must not be somebody else's cat and and she and i was like well if we'll get a litter pan and i'll use it because you know I'll, I'll we can do that and i figured the odds of that are just going to be slim. I, I didn't understand that that's just a natural thing. Bought a little pen, set it up, and when the next time we it came and we let it in, it not even two minutes later it was in the pen using it. Oh my god! So it's been our cat ever since, and it don't see the outside. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. So Sandy, <laughs> Sandy made me a a cat lover. That is so funny. <laughs> so what's something quirky about you that people find interesting? Oh, I mean, there's a lot, but I guess one thing, I guess like my family is so big, like I have 10 siblings and people always kind of freak out over that. They're like, whoa, that's insane. So that's one thing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, we got a big one. Well, Sandy don't, but I have a big family. Um, she's watching our one-year-old kind of got rough all of a sudden, so she, we're normally both on here, but she's she's listening, but can't really <laughs> um, tune in right now. Aww. But um, 
but my mom had, I think it was 12 brothers and sisters, and my dad had 18 brothers and sisters. Goodness gracious. Which is so well, uncommon for family. today, you know, like most people have like one, or if if they have any, you know, or two, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine True. having 18. Oof. Oh, Man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Kids are up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we got two and that's enough. <laughs> exactly. I could totally see that. <laughs> And we got exactly what we wanted. We wanted a boy first and then a girl, and it just we just didn't expect it to be seven years apart. <laughs> That's so funny. And didn't expect it where I think when we had little Chris, I was 40, and when we had Caitlin, I was 47. So I didn't expect that either. Wow. So we waited a little less. Yeah, all my friends, they've got kids leaving the house and going off to college, and we're just starting out. <laughs> that will honestly probably be me and my husband. Like we're waiting, obviously, because of the career and stuff. But that we're going to be yeah. in the same boat as you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's he think about your music career? Um, he's extremely supportive of it, and he's actually a pretty major part in it, and helps me and kind of like an admin over my mm-hmm. career. So, I got very lucky, very fortunate to have found a spouse that. Um, believes in me and cheers me on. That is awesome because that's what you know. Everything that Sandy and I do, we do together, and we've been that way for for seventeen years of our marriage. So, you know, wow. we've just been this couple. That's you know, I remember back in two thousand five, two thousand six, when we did a lot of um, events here in Savannah. We would have people um say, "Oh, there's the couple." That was that was, that was just what people knew us as. <laughs> <laughs> because we were always awesome. we did all the networking together and all that. Now it's been a little tougher now, but even with little Chris before Caitlin came along, we did a lot of networking with him, and boy, people loved it. We'd go to these networking business events, and little Chris would come with us, and he's five, six, seven years old, and they, oh, people would love that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you know that you wanted to do music? Um, pretty early on for me, um, what's really odd is in my big family, like, there's really not anybody who's musical, so I didn't really grow Mm. up, you know, with people singing and playing instruments or anything like that, I just, I was the one, you know, I was like, oh, I like Mm -hmm. music, and this is kind of what I want to do, and, you know, for me, like, a, a spot in my memory that always comes back, I remember being in the second grade, and they were like, okay, everybody like what do you want to be when you grow up and you know draw a picture of it or whatever and I was like I'm going to be a famous singer and they were like are you oh, sure yeah. I want to be like a teacher I was like no <laughs> I'm going to be a famous singer <laughs> so like I just felt I don't know I knew then I was seven years old I've always had the dream and always mm-hmm. knew that's what I was going to do with my life ain't it a shame though that how society tries to take that out of you yeah it's crazy. They're like, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> and you hear that a lot. And like, like I remember I posted on Facebook recently where I said, don't tell an artist that they don't to go get a real job because they have something better, a passion to live for. Because, right. I, you know, it frustrates me when I say, and, and again, and I know, and I get it, parents mean well. But a lot of times parents are almost the worst. Where, oh, you've got to be this doctor. You've got to be this lawyer. Right. And I wish parents would understand. I've got friends of mine that are the doctors, that are the lawyers, that are the big business people, that are this, that are that, uh, that are that are 15 years into their career, and they're making 150, 200 thousand a year. And you sit down with them, and they're like, "I'm miserable." Like, what do you I mean, know. you're miserable? And they're like, "I I never really wanted to go this route. Well, why did you? Oh, my parents pushed me this way. I was pressured so for yep. 15 years." They've been doing something that they their hearts just – and again, I get it. you got to make money. I don't have a problem with trying to look out for your kids, but you got to be – there's got to be a balance there because you don't want them to get at the end of their life and they look back and they're like, man, I felt like God wanted me to go this way, and I never did. Right. Yeah, no, it's very, very true. 
you've got to follow your heart, even if it upsets people. You know, it's it's tough, but I mean, you got to do what fulfills you, and yep. then you will fulfill others in your life if you do. Yep. Exactly. Um. So, what drives you? Oh man, I mean, a lot of things. I just I've always kind of had a burning passion for music and to mm-hmm. make a difference and to use this use the platform for good so that's kind of what drives me and um somebody who really inspired me to pursue music was my papa and he passed away when I was 14 and Mm -hmm. he just was always the person who was my cheerleader and inspired me with country music and you know played me all the classics like Tammy Wynette and Johnny (laughs) Cash and Waylon and Patsy and I just grew up on that and he was always the Mm -hmm. one who told me you know he was like just keep singing for Paul Paul you're gonna do it always follow your dreams (laughs) so without him I mean I probably wouldn't be here today and I would say that's probably a good driving force for me because I always think of that and I'm Mm -hmm. like even if I like where I'm at now and everything that I've done like I know even if I didn't even reach this he would be proud of me so I'm like everything that just keeps happening I mean it's just the cherry on top. Oh, wow. That, that's really awful. I ask that question all the time, what drives you? And, and most people do get it, but some people don't. And, you know, because I'm, I'm never, I'm, I don't want the surface answer. I want what really drives deep down. And you definitely have that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the moments where you look back on your career and you're like, wow, I got to do that? Man, there's, I can actually say, fortunately, there's been a lot of cool moments like that. Um, I've done a lot of really cool, crazy, fun things. And just in the moment, you know, you don't even realize what you're doing. And then when you look back, you're like, whoa, that was pretty sweet. So um, one in particular, I was like 17 or 18, and I was in the Texaco Country Showdown, which has been called like Colgate, just depending on the sponsor, but it's hosted mm. by Leanne Rhymes. And I was in that, and it started in Texas. Like it has local rounds, then it goes to state rounds, mm-hmm. regional, and then national. And I made it all the way to the regional rounds, which was right before the national. Um, and I was, you know, heartbroken I didn't make it to the nationals because it was you performed mm-hmm. at the Ryman Auditorium. But it was a great honor to even make it to the regional round because only like, I don't know, five to 10 people made it there out of like Mm -hmm. the whole country. And I'm like, how (laughs) cool is that, that I did that at 18 with my band that I was leading pretty epic. So, I mean, like I was crushed then, but now I'm like, that was really, really neat. And I still ended up going to the Ryman and, you know, being in the front row and Mm -hmm. being a part of that process. So that was really cool. And, um, it's kind of a big feat being from Texas, but uh, mm-hmm. the winner of the state round actually performed on the um, the Chevy main stage at the Texas State Fair, which is a huge stage. I mean, like Willie Nelson mm-hmm. and Casey Musgraves, like all these people played it. Mm-hmm. So I got to play that at 18. Oh, wow. And then they, they made me like a recurring band. So I came back for quite a few summers and played the that huge state fair that brings people from all over the world. So that was epic. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been your favorite venue to play at so far? Ooh, I mean that one's a pretty that was a pretty awesome one. I loved playing that stage because it's just massive and the lights and the sound. I mean it's like the whole shebang. It's like, you know, the big stars <laughs> play that stage. So pretty epic. Mm-hmm. But I've also you know like had like magical moments just even playing like the listening room here in Nashville and it's a completely different stage, completely different vibe. But um this is one of my favorite places to play here in town. Wow. So what's your ultimate place to play? Ooh. I mean <laughs> one, I'd love to play the Ryman and I'd also love to play the Grand Ole Opry. So those would be like <laughs> monumental moments. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> we're, 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 our show is a little different than everybody else's. We like to hit both sides, the good, but we also like the other side, too, because I think a lot of people uh-huh. get into music and they don't realize the struggles, the sacrifices right. that y'all have to make. 
Um, I remember back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Still Girls, and she was, mm-hmm. they were full-time at that time um, with music. And one of my questions to her back then was, um, what advice would you give the next coming artist? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from somebody full-time. But she said, if your heart will allow you to do anything else outside of music, then go do that and keep music as a hobby. And she, said, and she went on to explain, she goes, we have to sacrifice our bodies. We have to sacrifice our minds. We have to change how we eat. We have, if we're in a bad mood, we have to get up there anyway and pretend that we're happy as can be. Mm-hmm. She says, our families sacrifice everything. She goes, so, she goes but if, um, if your heart won't allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because it won't work any other way. So let's go there a little bit. Um, what are some of the struggles and sacrifices that you've had to make through the years to get to where you're at now? So many. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> even begin to make a list. Um, I agree with what she said because it's true. It actually ends up hurting um, true artists, true songwriters, especially, you know, like in the Texas market, that's kind of where I started mm-hmm. out. You know, because you'd be like, okay, I want to play this show, and they actually pay there. So it's like, I'll pay, uh, I want you to pay me this, I'll play this set, I'll bring this amount Mm -hmm. of people in. But then it would hurt you because then there'd be somebody who just did it as a hobby, and they'd be like, oh, I'll play six hours for free. And then they're Mm -hmm. like, well, why why won't you do that? It's like, well, I'm not doing this as a hobby. This is my life. This is my career. And so that, it actually does more damage um, than it does good. You know what I mean? For people who are doing this for their life and their livelihood. But, yeah, oh, man, I just, I don't know. Like, so many no's, so many shut doors, and just have kept going and trekked through and making my own way. You know, I'm like, I've been on American Idol, and I went that route, and I've done that, and then I came off the show and had success, (laughs) and then kept moving forward. Like, for me, you know, the thing that hasn't, I haven't let anything stop me. So yeah. I know I know this is what I want to do with my life, and I know what I bring to the table, and I just haven't mm-hmm. stopped. So even when people say no, I'm like, okay, that just wasn't the right door for me. And it's I can say that mm-hmm. now. It's not as easy saying that back then. It's like, oh, why didn't that work yeah. out? You know, and you're heartbroken and you're crushed. And there's just mm-hmm. been so many things like that and you know, my family has made sacrifices and supported me and things like that. When I was in music, I started pretty young. I was like 15 years old. So um, Mm -hmm. there's just a lot. (laughs) And there's been like times of being hungry and not knowing about how I'm going to pay my next bill and things like that. So there's just a lot behind the scenes that it's kind of hard to (laughs) say. Yeah, I definitely understand that. You know, you're really just doing what Dolly would do. (laughs) <laughs> yep right. and, I, and I brought that up because we're about to take a small break and when we come back from the break we're going to play your song what would Dolly do we love the song so yay that thank you alright are you a business owner who needs capital to grow your business or you're in a tight pinch with our simple and fast process we can get you the money you need in under a week when banks can't help we usually can go to obtainbusinesscapital.com That's ObtainBusinessCapital.com and get pre-approved today. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at TheSportsGuysPodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry, the Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. 
talking about how what people think and you know that song is so right about changing your zip code and all that and <laughs> that people don't understand you know when you got a dream yep. that's one thing I've learned is non-dreamers just don't understand and, and that's not a put down to them they just you know people who are settled for in their life are not going to understand people who are not yep all right <laughs> <laughs> so what inspired I kind of have an idea what inspired this song? Well, I mean, obviously I've lived a lot of what that song is saying, but, um, and Dolly Parton is a huge influence in my life. And then like my queen, mm. I'm obsessed with Dolly. But I went to Dolly with for my birthday last summer and I'd never mm. been, always wanted to go live close enough. I mean, why not? So we went up there and obviously had the most magical time ever. I'm like, I'm 25 and I had a blast. So I'm like, your age is not a factor. It is such a fun and cool place. But um, there's a museum that they have. And we went Mm. towards the end of the day um, on our way back out. And it's a free museum. You can go in and you can see all kinds of stuff that Dolly has and her awards and all that. But something Mm -hmm. that stuck out to me where, because of where I'm at in my career and my life, are these there were these handwritten letters that Dolly wrote to her parents when she first mm-hmm. moved to Nashville, and she was pretty young when she made the move, and um, her uncle definitely was a huge help. But she was writing her parents and saying like, 
don't worry about me. I'm going to be okay. Don't don't send me any money. People are there's some people thinking about cutting my songs. Um, looks like I might be able to make it as a songwriter. I just want to let you guys know I'm going to be okay. And that really struck a chord with me. And I was like, whoa. It kind of put it into perspective that you know Dolly has been where I'm at. And so that's what mm-hmm. I wanted. What would she do in this day and age at this time if she was in my career? starting out what would she do as me so that's what's my inspired the song yeah that's that's a really good story and all that you know because again and of course for women in country come a long ways but boy i think we got a long ways to go you're right (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know it's like you listen to country radio and and although here in savannah to be honest with you they do have a good mix um compared to other places that we heard, but, you know, they, they actually, we, we've even heard them play a Kelsey and a Gabby back to back. And of course wow. you always hear that they can't do that, but we've heard them do that here in Savannah. So I guess the different markets are different, but again, even in Savannah, you still got, there's just a 90% men on the radio versus about 10% women. It just, that's just the way it's, Seems to be all, except back in the night. I'm mean, Sandy was telling me that um, when she was hardcore listening to music back in the 90s, that it was really a lot more women on the radio than it is now. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> like Martina, Trisha, so many. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I have an idea. Of probably one of one of the reasons why is you, when you look back of where the switch shift happened in the early 2000s. When the term bro country happened, mm-hmm. that and and again we like Florida Georgia Line and all the people that's considered bro country. We still like them, but I think that for some reason that took off. That movement took off so much it just pushed other movements down. Yeah, I think a lot of people too are getting a little tired of the bro country. So I think it's time for a new era. <laughs> Yeah, because Sandy and I, our favorite type of songs are the story songs, the so- songs that have meaning to it. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> the heart of country music. As they say, that's what makes country country. You know, three chords in the Absolutely. truth, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. That's what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? And what song would y'all write about? Hmm. I mean, obviously, for me, it would probably be Dolly Parton. And um, (laughs) yeah, that would be incredible because I mean, I know that there's like a huge opportunity with this song, and who knows what Mm. could happen. But um, I don't know. Maybe we'll write about like what it's like to be on top. I'm just kidding. (laughs) There you go. I don't know what we'll write about, but I mean, one of my favorite songs. I, I obviously have so many favorite songs that she's written. Mm-hmm. Um, but one that always just sticks out forever, Will, is I Will Always Love mm-hmm. You. So I kind of like more of her serious songs and Code yeah. of Many Colors is an all-time favorite song. And I like all her fun songs and heartbreak songs, but really the ones that have more of a message and a meaning uh, speak to me. And so I'd really like mm-hmm. to write something with her about something like that. So, I mean, it could be anything, just the world that would be epic or life-changing for me <laughs> <laughs> and you know you can see that happening because you're know, like um our friend landon wall i remember he did did a song to kelsey um basically saying the other side of peter pan you know with her peter pan oh, song cool. and he's like i but he basically played peter pan saying why he is peter pan and if I'm not mistaken, she surprised him one time at either the Bluebird or one of those places as a surprise visit to him. Wow. Because of that song. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so so well, I can see what would Dolly do. I can really see that if she gets word about that song and the way it was written, really awesome written, I think she would do something. I really do. Yeah, that would be epic. <laughs> <laughs> so because you said your grandfather, who's no longer with us, um, was your biggest, really your biggest supporter, tell us a story about him that put him in the spotlight a little bit here. 
a cool well, um, he was very country, very southern, born, let's see, born, lived, and died in Monticello, Arkansas, the same small town his whole life. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he really was an amazing man, and he did a lot for the community, and he was always the person that would give you the shirt off his back. He had a, um, a uh, I just went blank, um, a motor shop, so he would fix up you know, kind of old cars and even people that didn't have money, he helped them get into the vehicle. And so, um, he, that, his character was really instilled into me and that I feel like is passed on and I want to, you know, be like that and be that kind of person. And so a lot of times, um, I was a major tomboy growing up. I just wanted to hang out with my papa. So I body Mm -hmm. shop and hang out up there and I'd sit in his office and I thought that was so cool and it wasn't anything fancy but to me as a mm-hmm. kid it was pretty awesome yeah. <laughs> and so I'd sit in his chair and pretend that I was him he'd have these cups and it was just like a uh, a plastic coffee mug and he'd sip water out of it and coffee and so I'd put some water in it and pretend that I was drinking coffee because I was too young um to drink mm-hmm. coffee but <laughs> so I just remember some of those memories and going fishing with him. I, I just wanted to do whatever he wanted to do. What I thought mm-hmm. that he liked, I wanted to like. Yeah. And so I thought that that, because I just wanted to spend time with him and be with him. And so that made me very, very um, uh, tomboyish because I would be like fishing <laughs> and hunting and all that stuff. Uh, just because I wanted to be with him and be in his presence and hang out. So uh, he just was amazing. That That is awesome. You know, as they say, um, it's always a team behind the artist. You know, a lot of people see this big artist up on the stage, but they never hear any type of stories from whether it's their band, whether it's people who who behind them that's helped push them. You know, tell us a few of stories behind the scenes that people may not know about from the people that's helped you get to where you are. Yeah, I mean, starting out, obviously, it was my family, you know, helping me and um, my, my dad and my mom and helping me like get into music and pushing me towards it. And, you know, cause you can't really do all that on your own at 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> can't look at contracts and stuff and you don't know what you would be signing. So they helped me a lot in the beginning. Um, you know, like my brothers and sisters would help sell merch at shows and, you know, shows that they could go to things like that. So, um, And then, you know, when I was, like, 14, I was at church, and I was singing in the church choir, and there was a a Grammy Award-winning producer who was there, and he heard me sing, and he was like, you know, you got something special, and I ended up, you know, meeting with him and singing for him, and, you know, he kind of taught me how to sing in the studio, and I ended Mm -hmm. up taking, like, uh, music theory lessons from his wife and just all kinds of things. So, I mean, oh, wow. if that didn't happen, um, I, I feel like <laughs> I wouldn't know as much about music and be as seasoned as I am. So I'm grateful mm-hmm. for them and for that. And there, I mean, there's just so many, so much. And as of late, as of now, my husband mm-hmm. is a huge helper in my music and I wouldn't be able to do <laughs> any of it without him. But mm-hmm. also my producer, um, Bill Warner, and we ended up, like, getting connected by chance. His wife is a hit songwriter. Her name's Kirsty Mana, and she's written hits mm-hmm. for, you know, Blake Shelton and Low Cash and all these oh, yeah. And um, I ended up meeting Kirsty when I was, like, 18 when I came to Nashville. And um, I was like, man, if she only knew me then. Mm-hmm. And nothing happened. But now it's, like, kind of full circle because I'm working with her husband and writing songs with her. And just a lot is happening behind the scenes with them. And it's just funny how it all plays out and how God puts things together. Yeah, that is definitely cool how God works. Because, like, when we look back, you know, we can look back at the different pieces, even for the Chris and Sandy show and different things that we're doing. And started years ago without it being this. And it's just a little piece here and a little piece there and a little piece there. And and (laughs) still a struggle because there's, like, no money coming in right now with this. But, you know. The, the goal is for it to live on it one day, but you know it's you know, but all the pieces are falling in place, and when you look back, it's like wow, you know this is all coming together, you know, because we run a thing called Positive Life Media where we we do the show, we do 
the new country bug, but we also are running like a local guide for Jacksonville, Florida and all that. So we're doing a little bit of everything within marketing, <laughs> but it's all coming together, which is pretty cool. That's great. That's awesome. I mean, we got people supporting up and coming artists and even beginners like yourselves. I mean, we wouldn't be where we're at. So, I mean, speaking as a whole, but we're seriously so grateful for people just like y'all. Well, we appreciate it. So um, if you look back on your life, what's one song that would describe your life? Ooh, that's that's a really deep question. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know. I'd probably say like Hurt by Johnny Cash. I mean, I've had a lot of my life happen. So <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of, that's really, really tough because I feel like, like you were saying, when you look back, like there's different seasons and you've been through different mm-hmm. things. And so I'm obviously, you know, at a different place in my life than I was yeah. 10 years ago. But I mean, overall, I'd think of that. So I'd want to say something like that. And then I'd say something happy, like <laughs> something by Dolly Parton, you know, like, cause it's like <laughs> I've taken that and I'm moving forward with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like respect by Aretha Franklin, like, <laughs> <laughs> and we need that this day and time. True. <laughs> <laughs> so how's Nashville treated you since you moved there? It's been crazy. It's a brutal town. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. <laughs> it's cutthroat. So, you know, when I first moved to town, which was about three years ago at the end of March, March thirty first. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't really know anybody, and so it was tough getting in at first. I felt like, oh, my gosh, this is such a big scene in a big city. I don't even know how I'm going to get in there. Now that I've been here, I'm Mm -hmm. like, whoa, this is such a small city and such a small (laughs) network, and it's like I'm in it. But, you know, it's still a push, and there's still things that I struggle with on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and just the kind of not-so-pretty side of the music industry and that being with so many songwriters and artists trying to get heard. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. it's really hard to, um, when you have a connection even with somebody, to keep their ear because there's just, like, so much noise, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. It's challenging. Like, I remember remember um, we, we interviewed Brandon Maddox. You know, and, and what's funny is something he said to us back in 2015 was actually said, I think, at the CRS event that recently happened. But he told oh, us, wow. you know, because I always ask every artist at the end, what, would, what advice would you give, which I'll ask you later. So just be thinking about that. But, um, but when he answered it, he, he, he ended up saying that um, if you're going to move to Nashville before you ever consider moving build your local base then your regional base then you have the right to move here and he said in the re- he said because he says you he said i don't care how good you are there's there's people here that are better than you and they're on every corner mm-hmm. he says when you get here you will be intimidated but if you've already built your base that base will sustain you while you try to make your national mark yeah that's good that's true <laughs> <laughs> and I've never forgot that because you know because he was like he's like that's the biggest problem people have is they come here they think oh I've got this great voice I can sing and he, and they he said they realize that that they're a dime a dozen there <laughs> and so within a year or two they give up and leave and he said some of these people probably have better voices than a Blake and a Carey he says but they give up yeah. because they come here intimidated where if they built their yeah. base first. They already know, okay, this is working. It may not be working in Nashville yet, but it's working. So now I can right. be comfortable. Like, you know what? I may I may feel intimidated a little bit here, but this base gives me that confidence still. Yep. No, that's very true. Because, <clears throat> you know, since you've just moved there in 2017, I guess you've built a little bit of a base before you moved. So has that helped a lot with you with, with the transition? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's – I don't know if I'd say that it helps a lot, but I already have a foundation. Um, yeah. You know, like, so I, I can still play. I can go out, and I already have fans, and, like, so I have that support. But, I mean, I, that was years of grinding 
in Texas and working in that scene and ultimately, you know, got to a certain point and that's what made me decide that I wanted to take it to another level that um, yeah. is different from that market and why I moved mm-hmm. to Nashville. And, um, you know, I'm like, I think that that's great advice and I definitely have done that. And um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just so cutthroat and different here in Nashville. I'm like, mm-hmm. you just never know. I'm like, <laughs> they, some of these yeah, guys, yeah, they don't even care. So, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, really we have a lot is, of Nashville like, friends. Yeah. It's kind of true, but it's really who you know. And it's just if you yeah. can get in their circle, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, because. <laughs> You can have all the money, you can be amazing, mm-hmm. you can be awesome, but you just still have to have that connection. That's something different, I'd say, than any other music mm-hmm. genre or scene, like the pop scene and things like that. Mm-hmm. Country music is still more down to the good old boy system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I've got friends of mine that from Nashville, and you see them post on Facebook, and, and they get frustrated a lot um, because they're like, there's a lot of great people here. Because but – some of those singers you meet, if you know, if you get the call, I mean, I've, I've heard stories where, where their roommate gets the call, um, to, you know, from someone, and the roommate tries to step in and say, "Well, I can sing too," mm-hmm. and has actually got and has actually taken the place of their roommate that they thought they could trust, and ends up getting the gig instead of them. Yeah, <laughs> and. and so when you say cutthroat, I'm like it made me think of that a few stories. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, again, like they said, that was good and bad with Nashville both ways. Oh yeah, I mean it's just the music industry itself. <laughs> There's good <laughs> and bad in all of it, but um, you know, just I I'd say focus on the good and just keep yep, pushing exactly. forward and know what. Like I said earlier, like I know what I bring to the table. Like I think about Dolly mm-hmm. Parton. Um, and she does too. And there was a quote that she said something along the lines, you know, like I go in to meet with these businessmen in the music industry and they look at me and they think, oh, she's so silly. She don't know anything. And by the time that I walk out, boy, is their mind changed. They know what I bring to the table. So oh, I wow. think that that's important to know yourself. And that's obviously mm-hmm. not something easy. You can't just know yourself overnight. Um, yeah. Like Rome wasn't built in a day or overnight. I hate that saying, but good grief, is it so true? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't want to hear that. I want it to be built in one day. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. You know, as we shift gears here for the last 15 minutes or so of the show, we always let our little boy ask one question. Oh, mommy, look. We try to keep this family show and keep him involved. And when Lake Caitlin gets old enough, she'll be involved and all that. <clears throat> That's great. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a quarter that we can do all this together. All right, here yeah, he is. Here's Christopher. Uh, hi, hi, Tori. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Is that what you said? Yep. Yeah. Ooh, I'd have to say Mexican food because I'm from Texas Ooh. and there's a lot of good Mexican food. <laughs> So what's yours? What's like your this? favorite food? Pizza. Ooh, <laughs> I like pizza too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can eat morning, lunch, and noon. I mean, morning, lunch, and night. <laughs> mm. Okay, bye. Bye. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's quick so and to the point with his questions. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, Caitlin finally went down, so Sandy's on the line a little bit here now. Yes, <laughs> finally gets to join the call. She, she's taking her her nap now, so which was Aww. much needed. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's good to talk to you. Oh, same here. So um, if you had a magic wand and what you're about to say would come true without a doubt, where – would you be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it this way, I always ask it this way for a reason, because February 11th was the five-year anniversary of me asking that same question to Kelsey Ballerini, and she's living hmm. what she said. Interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, five years from now, what I would love to happen is 
to be traveling and performing because I love to play on stage and interact with mm-hmm. fans and meet people. And it's honestly the most, one of the most rewarding parts of being in music. Um, so mm-hmm. I'd love to be traveling the world, mm-hmm. singing my songs. I'd love for them to be on the radio for people to know them um, because ultimately it's all about the fans and that connection. And that's what keeps mm-hmm. me going as an artist. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that's really cool. So let's say you had a friend that was just starting out in music and they're really good. They're not, you know, of course there's a lot of people think they're good, but they're not. And <laughs> now granted, I've, I have, I have heard people at 10, 12, 13 years old. that sounded horrible. And I hear them again at 18 and they're like, awesome. So the, Isn't that funny? You know, with voice, voice, you know, voice lessons and all that, that can change things. Um, but mm, sure. say that you had a friend, it's pretty good. And um, they got the right tone, and they really have. You think that they have a shot. What advice would you give them to guide them right now for the next two, three, four years? I would say to them, one, hone your craft, which takes a lot of work. I mean, someone told me you got to eat, breathe, sleep, bleed, love for your craft, for what that passion is. No matter what it is in life, you got to mm. want it more than yeah. anybody else wants it. And so I have to remind myself of that, too, is nobody wants your dream as bad as you. And nobody's mm-hmm. going to work as hard for your dream as you. So be prepared to do that. Um, a lot of blood, a lot of, a lot of sweat and tears <laughs> go into your dreams. And, um, you know, I would tell them also to stay true to yourself your values, um, remember where you came from, don't step on the little people, or quote-unquote, the people that got you there, don't poo-poo on your hometown and your family and your <laughs> friends because you would not, you're not going to get anywhere without them. So always remember them, always love them. Um, and another thing I'd say is, you know, just keep going. When you hear no, you uh, have to put the blinders on and just, you know, people are going to be coming at you from all directions and tell you, mm-hmm. telling you you need to be this, you need to be that, you need to do this, you need to do that. But ultimately, you know in your heart what you need to do. And for me as a believer, like, I want to do what's in line with God, my creator. Yeah. So I always have that to lean on when there's moments where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. So <laughs> always stay true to yourself. Put those blinders on. And just keep your laser focused because it's so easy to get distracted and get into bad things and rabbit hole or rabbit trail, bunny trail, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> just put those blinders on. Keep going. Keep your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and stay true to who you are and love love everybody. <laughs> yeah. And that's really good advice. Like um, you don't see many artists do this, but like one of our favorite artists is Darius Rucker. And almost oh, every yeah. video he has has been shot in Charleston. Oh, cool. And I love so that. And so he's never and, – and, of course, that's where he's from, Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. And, you know, so you know his love for where he's from. Oh, yes. And that's I wish awesome. more – not, not then. And, of course, like Loretta Lynn, you know, and Dolly and all that, same thing. They've always, they've always given back to where they're from. So, you know – I wish more artists of today would do that who become big because you don't really hear about it a whole lot. Yeah, and part of that might be that I'm very southern and came from a small town and things like that, um, just raised that way. But I think mm-hmm. it's really important. Those were some of my very first fans, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't, yeah. Don't right. That's just started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So as we get to the last question, um, what's a question that you wish people would ask you but kind of never do? Hmm. I don't know if I have so, one. Uh, I kind of like, honest, honestly, hmm. I was going to say this is probably the most in-depth interview I've ever done. Most of the time with interviews, it's very surface level and, you know, like who inspired you and yada, yada. And so you tell them, but this has been – very interesting for me. So I don't know. I feel like you've kind of hit on a lot of it. 
Uh, and, you know, awesome. <laughs> we, that that's what we want to hear because that you is. know when Sandy and I started the Christian Sandy show, I was like, there's so many people that do artist interviews. What's going to make us stand out? And of course, I knew being a married couple doing this, that's one thing. But I wanted to go beyond. I wanted it to be deeper than that. Um, and I was like, you know, I know what's going to be make us stand out. We're going to allow artists to tell their raw stories because the big artists get to do that. The little artists don't. And that's what we've held true is to, mm-hmm. is to give people 60 minutes. I mean, there's been interviews where it's an hour and 15 minutes. We, you know, but, you know, 45 minutes to hour and 15 minutes, somewhere in there is where our average mm-hmm. has been, you know, but we try to keep it long enough so that they, so that you can get the deep things out that you need out. Yeah. I mean, that's very unique and really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so as we end this, how can people reach you? Um, of course, social media. I'm all over social media, so you can find me there. Instagram's kind of like the newest, hottest thing. So you can find me at Tori Martin Official. And, um, yeah, if you want to message me or anything, I'm like, feel free. I'm totally game. Like, I'm not one of those people who doesn't talk to anybody. Um, <laughs> I'm message them. Um, and I'll follow you back and all that fun stuff. You know, we definitely loved having you come on today. Oh, yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And we really enjoyed it, and we look forward to down the future, you know, having you back on. Let's give some updates. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I will. We'll, you know, we'll talk to you real soon then, and, let's, and we look right. forward to seeing where you go. Yeah. Sounds good. Do. Thank you guys so much. Oh, All thank right. you. Talk to you soon. Right. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed the show. Be sure to look Tori up. She's really awesome. She's definitely going to be one of the people you see at the top. At this moment, we don't have anything scheduled for this week because we got a lot of errands this week. So, but we will next week have more. Um, Yeah. So, if we don't do any more this week, we will see you next Monday. Talk to you soon.